This is the Virgin Radio Pridecast. Welcome to Quite a Queer Conversation with me, Steve Anderson. And me, Dave Seaman. On Virgin Radio Pride. This is the show where we have a whole host of questions which will be selected at random and we will answer this as openly and honestly as we possibly can. So so Dave has just come back from the first out of UK DJ gig that he's done in a year and a half. So how was that? It was, well, it was fantastic. The actual DJing bit um, was, was, you know, what I love. It's my passion to actually, that live interaction with, with, a, with a real crowd um, has been the thing that I've really sorely missed for the last 16 months. So it was, yeah, it was really fantastic to do that. I didn't quite so much enjoy all the hoops you have to jump through from a travel point of view, which is just ridiculous. They're crazy at the moment. And, um, and I was... I was not much fit in terms of two four-hour sets back to back on Friday and Saturday with travel in between. I was uh, I was out for the count on Sunday. Dave is in the north. I'm in the south. Um, now Dave is back. We're actually going to actually begin to start work on a show that we do together um, mm. at the uh, SSE Arena in Belfast called Lush Classical, which is uh, massive dance anthems with orchestras. Um, and we have known each other for well over 30 years now i think it's yeah. actually almost actually yeah about 31 years more years um, than we care to remember more, yes <laughs> more more years than we can actually remember <laughs> so the first question on this list which is to do with that is uh how how do i mean how did we meet what's your recollection of how we met um well we we both met at uh, dmc or uh, D- disco mix club which is um a dj organization who were the people who put on the mixing and scratching championships and i mean to start off with they were a dj only organization where it was a subscription service where you uh, paid your your money if you were a professional dj or not so professional as the case with, with me at the time <laughs> i was a, mo- a mobile dj doing the school disco but if you paid your money you got uh, three records uh, um, three three pieces of vinyl every month, which was special exclusive remixes of of current tracks and mega mixes, and also they were the people responsible for Mixmag, um, which was the the dance music publication, which at the time was was the associated newsletter, but um, but eventually became a you know a, a national um, magazine for the public. So so uh, we both started there. Absolutely, and it was uh, at a time where. David was working on a magazine, Mixmag, which is obviously very famous now. And um, I was working in the studios and we just started going into each other's worlds. And I did a bit of writing and Dave came down with some ideas and we started making records and so much fun doing it. Um, Another one of these little questions in here is uh, what's uh, do you have? Well, this is really hard, actually. But do you have a can you a favorite song or a particularly memorable song that we worked on? comes to oh mind. I w- well i would o- always go for confide in me i mean confide in me yeah. <laughs> confide in me w- was was the one which kind of did it ticked we ticked every box with because not only did we not only did we write it and produce it and remix it um you know it was obviously part of a a bigger picture in terms of kylie as, a, as an artist you know with the, to be to be kind of charged with the the um the team that would kind of relaunch her um, as a as a bit more of a serious artist, I suppose after the PWL years, um, 
um, then that was that was a big thing to be a part of. Um, so it was uh, fulfilling on every every level. I think that one, rather than just being a part of the team, uh, uh, you know, whether it be either remixing or writing or produ- or producing, we did all of them and and was were heavily involved in the whole lot relaunch of her second part of her career, Kylie two point zero, as it was. And obviously, part of this podcast is is to do with that kind of uh, the the community and the who are so loving of 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 kylie and uh we were very aware that we were had a a, you know we had a lot of pressure on our shoulders not to stuff it up um (laughs) and uh and actually by delivering a a mid-tempo record that wasn't a big kind of massive brilliant dance record was uh something we were very aware of at the time that we wanted to make sure that we got just right and um and and thankfully it was well she was into it and so were her record label so um we were pretty lucky with that i think yeah i mean uh, we uh, we were we were definitely given the reins on a, on something that was uh, was an important thing in in her career and in our our career and and, and big thanks to deconstruction for for um you know having the the uh, the thought and and uh, courage to uh, to let us have a go at it really the next question is I'll, I'll sort of take initially because it sort of has a thing to that and the question from is it says what which job are you most proud of doing in your career so for me, I think, again, because of that very beginning part of us working with Kylie, um, that after producing a couple of albums with her, it, it turned into the fact that I was lucky enough to uh, get asked to uh, go to Australia to be her musical director for a show called Intimate and Live. Um, and I was on a plane with uh, her creative director, William Baker, and neither of us knew what we were doing there because we hadn't done that. I hadn't been an MD before. He'd not, he'd not creative directed a show before but she had such faith in us to be able to trust us to be able to do it and um luckily at the time it was quite small shows because the album called impossible princess which david and i produced was uh very big in australia and not so big everywhere else um so we she decided to put on six or seven small shows and luckily i was able to learn how to put together a small show and then as her career got bigger and bigger again i was able to put on bigger versions of that show and it went to arenas and then stadiums and then olympics and uh so from my point of view my my sort of proudest uh proudest job is uh is this job that i still have to this day is uh, is musical director for kylie what 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 job are you most proud of dave well i suppose i suppose the dj inside of my career is is the is the the mainstay really the thing that 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 got me into the whole business in the first place as i alluded to earlier the i started as a mobile dj doing school discos in my teens and um as as i also alluded to just a little bit earlier i was still doing it this last weekend in mexico <laughs> so um so it's the 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 thing that's kind of you know the the thing that holds everything together really um and um the thing that's taken me around the world to to 80 plus countries um has given me some amazing experiences met some amazing people um and uh, and you know the thing is the thing that i i can't really ever imagine not doing really um uh, should that day come where i where i don't enjoy it anymore and with the time to hang up the headphones but uh, until that point it's uh it's the it's the it's the thing that sort of the linchpin that keeps everything else together that i do all the other little peripheral things um yeah dj is the the one solid solid foundation throughout and on that note it's uh there's a question here that says how does it feel having your work be the soundtrack to so many people's lives i mean of course 
you predominantly get to see that happen and, and certainly back in the day you saw it happen a lot where something that you were involved with creating you actually saw that reaction on a dance floor of what it did to people yeah yeah that is the uh, that is the one of the most beautiful moments of of being involved in making making music um, and i'm sure most artists would say the same to actually where if they're playing live in a band or whatever or just from a, a djing point of view to see something that you've created um and see the the reaction on people's faces and 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 see the smiles and uh that 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 kind of that creates is 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 the moment that's the that's the thing that i kind of live for and that's the thing i've missed the most in the last 16 months you know you can do as many live streams as as you want on your own in your record room <laughs> um and, and there's a, there's a certain side of things to that as well that's that's quite cool the whole you know the whole community that that kind of creates with 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 people commenting in you know in in, uh, in real time but um there's still nothing like them being in in front of a, a live audience and yeah i mean some of those tracks that we that we were that we made that we were lucky enough to to be involved with all those years uh, and, and to this day it's still the music that I make it make it's all for that for that moment really that you play it to somebody and see the see the reaction you get is the is the pinnacle of that sort of bringing the whole pride thing back into it I mean one of my favorite times that I ever watch an audience do anything is um is is at Sydney Mardi Gras and I've been lucky to be involved in five headline performances um for acts on Sydney Mardi Gras and the first time I ever went actually was um it was for the very first one that I did with with Kylie, but I wasn't actually meant. I wasn't due to go. I think it was. Um, it's it costs a lot of money to go to Australia, so I think I put the track together and that was going to be that. And then, unbelievably and thankfully, Dave was playing um, for a Renaissance in Sydney at the time, and I just cobbled together some money for a flight and I came and crashed on your floor. That's right. And, yeah. <laughs> in in at Sydney Harbour and um, and went to my first Mardi Gras and. Uh, just being in that room i mean i've I've tried to explain it to people and i genuinely can't but um it is just the energy within that room and the energy throughout the whole city on that day especially is is so electrifying and uh it's just one of the most incredible audiences and it's a privilege to be able to arrange uh and work on uh shows for that audience because you just know that if you get it right um and obviously you know it's not about that it's about you know having incredible artists that are performing there but uh, there's a certain way to get a headline performance for that room absolutely right and uh it's it's unbelievable when it when it when it happens so uh yeah i definitely i think from my side i think i would uh I, I would go for that uh, go for that idea of, of, of mardi gras and watching it just absolutely kick off and i think also i mean <laughs> i was going to also say just talking about the kind of history of uh of of the culture and stuff i mean it's the same thing i i grew up on listening to um soul records and r&b records and disco records and uh and actually from an inspiration from from shows as well i mean well i'm often asked about so um where my inspiration for shows or, or putting shows together on and and one of them a key one which i know is a lot of people's favorite is uh, the madonna blonde ambition tour which which proved that you could do so much with actually not not very much basically um and I remember watching that on a on a probably a VHS when I was a child, and uh, uh, just going, oh my god! I, how did you know? I was just so blown away by what they'd done and how they'd done it, and uh, just really wanted to kind of figure out how to do that and how to get that reaction. And and I think Madonna across the years, um, especially up to and including you know Confessions, was uh, was a real 
inspiration for for so many people I know on 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 the, the other job that I do, which is obviously musical director for for kind of various shows, um, whether it's Kylie or or Steps or any of the other people I work with. It's uh, it's all about getting that connection with with an audience, and weirdly we have a same job thankfully i'm nowhere near the stage and actually dave does tend to try and shy away from being seen too much on the stage i got another question here which is uh, incredibly difficult but not the most difficult if you could work with anyone who would it be and i'm adding a caveat to it where you can allow a time machine involved oh wow <laughs> yeah you've really thrown me i thought i might have had one or two now well, okay. time... <laughs> well you answer the one without the time machine and i'll have the time machine then uh, oh, God, I mean, to be honest, either way, it's really, really difficult, isn't it, to choose one person to work with? But um, yeah, I'll have a couple. Um, well, if you're talking pro- time machines, I mean, I would, I would love to have seen the creative process with Prince or Bowie. <laughs> either or, I would have been both amazing. But from a from a studio point of view, from more from more my scene as well, I'd say James Murphy as well, LCD sound system. I mean, some yeah. of the stuff, some of the stuff he's done. I just watched the documentary um, that they did, the um, Chop and Play the Hits documentary the other day, and and um, yeah, I'm kind of I've got a I've got a James Murphy DFA kind of soul wax. Well, I've always been talking heads, kind of that that kind of thing going on at the moment. Bit of an obsession with all that. So, so James Murphy, I'd love to to see his process as well. But but yeah, I mean, there's hundreds to choose from, isn't there? Really, <laughs> there yeah. really is. Yeah, there is. I mean, I've, I'm I'm getting in my time machine. Of course, I am, and um, I'm going back to a place where I'll 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 have Whitney Houston. And I'll have Donna Summer. I'll probably have them doing a duet. I was going to um, say, why not both together? Yeah. 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 I think I'll do both. I've, I've done, I've, I've been lucky enough to have a Danny and Kylie duet. So I think a Whitney and Donna duet um, <laughs> is, is, is that's, that, that's where I'd go. Um, now that would go down well at the Mardi Gras, wouldn't it? That would go down really, really well. Um, and, and, and mainly because it's two of my, I mean, obviously the icons, but two of my favorite singers of all time. And I think sometimes with, uh, with new singers, who are sometimes a lot of new singers are about the technicality and they want to do all the runs they want to do all this and i sort of i sometimes say like a kind of doctor i prescribe whitney houston i just say go and listen to what she does and listen to the trueness of that and if she does do a run or something it's for a reason um and just uh, just the, the just believability i love believability in singers and i just love how those uh, how how the the kind of truth comes out in their voice and and weirdly for us Whitney played a, a strange role because the first record that David and I made was well you, for want of a better word record sort of shoved together samples was a song called Peace and Harmony which was sampled from Love Will Save the Day um, and that's kind of how uh, how the the Brothers in Rhythm thing started really I think what one of the things that we did do and which kind of ties in quite nicely with this conversation is um, I, I've Obviously, in my in my main job, um, I'm as I say, I'm, I'm lucky enough to work with a lot of these incredible artists, uh, and and I do tend to try and get myself uh, in a position where I try and out camp myself once in a while, just to be able to just do something. But I'm always aware of the fact that I can never really make a camper record than the record that we made with the Pet Shop Boys when we did Go West. Yeah, <laughs> and 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 and. I would like that, to see anybody out camp go west. <laughs> <laughs> and and that was a really weird one when it came in. And I think I've said before that I think, I mean, to, to actually out of interest, I mean, what do you, what are your memories of working with the Petrol Boys? We were really in at the deep end, weren't we, very early. Uh, we, you know, as, as Steve mentioned 
earlier that we'd made a, only made a couple of records really we made peace and harmony and such a good feeling and it just so happened that such a good feeling did sort of get a bit of traction in the clubs and it, it became chris lowe's favorite record of 1990 and uh, we all of a sudden we got the call would you like to remix the pet shop boys which was in itself kind of mind-blowing when we first got that that first call we ended up doing a remix of we all feel better in the dark a down down tempo thing actually it was something very on Pet Shop Boys, really, that we we worked on to start off with. Having only made a couple of records, we're in you know one of the best studios in London, working on a track for for artists, a duo that had been heroes through my through my you know, teenage years, so the eighties. I mean, they they were the things that I mean. So obviously, all that run of singles through the eighties, a disco, especially the the remix album that came out was massive for me and what I was wanting to to achieve from a DJing point of view and nightclub side of things. Um, so, so for us to get the opportunity to do that, and then for them to really love that, because we really took out, we went out on a limb a little bit, took a bit of a risk, <laughs> turning in like some Balearic down tempo thing with guitar solos and some questionable female vocal samples. <laughs> then, then to get the the call, would we like to go and co-produce with them their next two singles was was something it was hard to, to kind of take in at the time. And I think I think the um, naive, slight naivety of youth and the fact that we were just living living it at the moment was probably worked in our favour because I think we might have got quite overawed if it was a little bit later on. <laughs> yeah, and it, and it was at Psalm Studios, which, which was, you know, we kind of knew a bit anyway. Um, Chris Lowe was a massive clubber, still, you know, still is. I mean, huge dance music. And, and there, was a, there was a weird, and I don't mean, I'm in no way uh, am I comparing this, but there was a weird thing that sort of was a tiny comparison with the fact that you know Neil was very musical Chris was very club the funny thing about it as well is that Chris is in fact very musical um and I've said this before that a lot of people see Chris Lowe just standing at the back you know sort of doing his thing but he's a he's a brilliant musician um and uh he would do this thing sometimes in the studio where uh and i've heard a few people say this as well so I'm, I'm sure it's not just us he he may just sort of be at the back of the sofa um you know possibly having a little nap um and then he'd wake up and come and then go and then come out with some genius thing and go over to the keyboard and and then that was it it was just this flourish of amazingness yeah it was yeah yeah i mean it was it was it was incredible to to for that to be the first thing we ever really produced with an artist to be in the studio with them at psalm to produce dj culture and was it worth it um and then you know and then after that obviously they i mean even those those two singles weren't their biggest records in uh, you know considering the the success they'd had previously then to get asked back to to come and do go west as well i mean it was it was a phenomenal start what a what a learning curve what a, what an amazing thing you know opportunity to be uh to be offered and and uh yeah that was the start of of everything for us really some of these pet shop boys stories and lots of other stories uh are, are part of a, a podcast series i'm interviewing a lot of amazing people um but obviously i couldn't start with anyone but dave because the podcast is called such a good feeling uh and that is uh, currently available everywhere i guess yeah wherever whichever pr podcast providers platform you prefer that's a lot of peas <laughs> um three moments which changed your life oh gosh that's a that's another another difficult one isn't it um i, I mean getting the job at dmc would, would, uh, would well, be number that's, one that's yeah. also my number one so we've, yeah, we've, yeah. We've, we've, okay um 
gosh, throughout that, probably meeting you at, at DMC, Steve, as well. I mean, as well, it's part of the same that, thing, but obviously meeting yeah. each other. Third one would have to be personally, wouldn't it? Meeting, yeah. meeting my wife and having my kids obviously was a, was a massive change, change, life changing thing. So, um, so yeah, so, so those are my three. Well, I'll go for the first two of the same as you. And then number three, I will, I will go with kind of what I said before, which is um, actually becoming the, becoming the musical director for Kylie, because that's what I've been doing for over 20 years, um, you know, culminating in in Glastonbury um, that when we could still do shows, which uh, I don't think I've ever been more proud of anyone in my entire life than I was of that girl on that day. Um, talking of her, there's a little question here. Uh, and it says, what is it like working with Kylie? I'll, I'll kick it off because I've got a really simple answer and I use it quite a lot. But the way that I always describe working with Kylie, apart from um, her just being incredibly generous and incredibly talented and so professional and brilliant, um, I've always said that she's the ultimate muse. I feel that whoever you are, whatever you're doing in any creative way, she will make you do it better than you've ever done it before um, by by working for her, working with her, doing stuff around her. She just has this shine and a magic that will lift you to a completely different level than, than, than you have ever thought that you're able to do. So that would be what my answer is. What was your answer of uh, what's it like working with Kylie? Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, again, you you hit the nail on the head again. There, really. From from, she's she's the kind of artist that can do so many different things. So it allows you so much creativity. You're not you're not confined to to one particular genre or or style or, or I mean everything from a from a from a look and everything that she's she's managed to reinvent herself so many times and and and. And can bring so much to the party as well. Yeah, I mean, from from very early on, from the very first time we we worked with her. Well, the first time we worked with her would have been when we did the remix for for Stock Aitken Waterman for Finer Feelings, wasn't it? But from mm. from actually actually meeting her and and you know the first thing that we, we ever did with her was confide in me, confide in me demo. Um, so and and from then on, I mean, some of these some of these uh, remixes that we did of Where Is the Feeling, and we managed to you know put in this crazy Doors-esque uh, end to, to with a with a poet half half speed with a poem and all sorts of stuff. She just took everything in her stride and added to the ideas more often. It was never a problem for her. She always saw everything as a challenge and and artistically as you know just just like I said, even up up to the game, took took that on and said, "What about doing that?" It took us to even places that we'd never even considered of doing, even though we thought we were going those to those places with with original ideas, initial ideas. So, so yeah, a, a brilliant artist to work with, somebody who makes you feel very comfortable um, as well, which you think was important for for everybody, not just us, all the other people that were working in the studio as well, to make the the environment in which you're working in um you know conducive to 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 that process to that creative process and and um yeah yeah as, as, as you as you said one of the the highlights of our professional career thank you so much uh dave and thanks for being part well thanks for being part of this queer conversation with us here on virgin radio pride 